This is Taiwan Plus on ICRT, your connection to stories that matter. Brought to you by the news team at TaiwanPlus.com. Welcome to Taiwan Plus News. I'm Ian Kavat. A group of Swedish parliamentarians will arrive in Taipei this weekend, the latest in a string of European delegations. The trips have led many to christen a new era in EU-Taiwan ties. But how significant are these developments? Our reporter James Chater takes stock of the situation. There was a time when Taiwan was barely mentioned on the floor of the European Parliament. But times are changing. Taiwan is a like-minded partner with whom Europe shares many common values. We Europeans, we have an interest in preserving the status quo in the Taiwan Strait. Taipei's relations with the EU appear to be shifting. Last year, the European Parliament voted for the first time to deepen ties with Taiwan, soon followed by the body's first official delegation to Taipei. A flurry of individual EU states has since followed suit. For long, Taiwan has been seen only as a subchapter of EU-China relations, um, as a sensitive issue, as a non-negotiable issue for Beijing. But EU perceptions of China have soured over the mistreatment of Uyghurs in Xinjiang and China's economic coercion of Lithuania. Beijing's refusal to condemn Russia's invasion of Ukraine has only made matters worse. The distance between Beijing and Brussels was evident in the top EU diplomats' frustration after the recent EU-China summit. In a dialogue which uh, everything but a dialogue. In any case, it was a deaf dialogue. EU skepticism of China has pushed the bloc closer to Taiwan, where hopes a high European support will help bolster its de facto independent status. But every new relationship has its challenges. I do believe that uh, the European Union is still struggling with different level of commitment among the member states to politically back this uh, kind of expansion of ties with Taiwan. At the heart of this disunity is the EU's commitment to the One China policy, recognizing Beijing as the sole representative of China, which means all EU countries maintain only unofficial relations with Taipei. Ultimately, Europe remains wary of upsetting Beijing. China is the EU's largest trade partner in goods. In 2021, the two traded nearly 2 billion euros every day. And that means Taiwan still sits lower on the pecking order of EU priorities. The obstacles are apparent, but a shared opposition to authoritarianism may ensure growth of EU-Taiwan ties is not short-lived. Taiwan is an important partner for the European Union, not only uh, because of pragmatic considerations, but also this uh, normative alignment as one of the most vibrant and dynamic and uh, stable democracies uh, in the region. And analysts say that mutual understanding forms the basis of new European confidence in Taiwan. I see that there is a new reality uh, in which member states are more willing to stand up for their interests and to take measures for these interests. And Taiwan plays, I think, a very important role in how the EU sees its role in the Indo-Pacific. China's economic shadow looms large, but in Europe's adjusted vision of the world order, Taiwan looks set to be a key player. Klein Wang and James Chater for Taiwan Plus. Foreign Minister Joseph Wu says EU cooperation with Taiwan has stepped up 
despite the bloc's adherence to the One China policy, which recognizes Beijing as the sole government of China. He told Taiwan Plus that EU support has increased due to China's hardening international stance and Taiwan's rising economic importance. EU also has a one-China policy, but they also understand that they can work together with Taiwan from a very practical sense. Uh, they want to have uh, security discussions with Taiwan. They want to have economic discussions with Taiwan. They also want to increase all kinds of interactions with Taiwan. Uh, at the same time, you know, they still have that one-China policy. They can work together with Taiwan on all levels without affecting their one-China policy. Even though Taiwan is a small country, but Taiwan's semiconductor and Taiwan's economic production uh, ranks around 20th in the world. Uh, especially the semiconductor is uh, holding the key in the whole supply chain. And therefore, the European countries understand the importance of Taiwan. And they also see that China has been a threat in Taiwan. And therefore, for their own economic sake, they understand peace and stability in the Taiwan Strait is very important for the European countries. An iconic figure of the Taiwan independence movement, Pong Mingming, has died at the age of 98 in Taipei. He was one of the most influential figures in Taiwan's ruling party, the Democratic Progressive Party, or DPP. Pong was born in the central city of Taichung during the Japanese colonial era and was educated in Japan. He returned to Taiwan after World War II and became a professor at National Taiwan University. Pong was arrested after co-authoring a manifesto advocating a new constitution and a democratic government for Taiwan. At a time when the country was under authoritarian one-party rule by the Kuomintang or KMT. Pong later managed to flee the country and remained in exile for over 20 years, first in Sweden and later in the United States. During this time, he helped set up a number of groups advocating Taiwan's independence from China. In 1992, with the KMT government undertaking democratic reforms, Pong was finally able to return to Taiwan. Four years later, he was nominated as the Democratic Progressive Party's first ever presidential candidate. But he lost the election to the incumbent KMT president, Li Denghui. Greenpeace Taiwan is calling on the government to improve working conditions for foreign fishery workers. Greenpeace says migrants working on Taiwanese distant water fishing boats toil under harsh conditions for very low pay, with very few labor inspections. The group says Taiwan does not have effective laws protecting these workers and poor enforcement of what rules it does have. Greenpeace says fishery workers deserve the same protections as other laborers. Taiwan's railway operators are demanding 2.7 million U.S. dollars from a cement company after a botched demolition project knocked out train services near the southern city of Kaohsiung. More than 120,000 people were stranded last, last Friday when regular and high-speed services shut down for several hours. The disruption happened when Southeast Cement knocked down a 52-meter storage silo, which ended up falling in the wrong direction and taking out a transmission tower and power lines supplying the trains. Southeast Cement said it will pay what it owes and that it may itself demand compensation from the contractor it hired to do the demolition job.
Today is opening day for Major League Baseball in the United States. The world's top professional league and people in Taiwan are also feeling the excitement. Taiwan Plus reporter Bing Wang takes us through the history of Taiwanese baseball and its current developments. Hendricks winds it up and fires. With the first pitch, the Major League Baseball season is now underway. Fans have waited five months for this day. In fact, the season almost didn't happen. A collective bargaining agreement between the baseball team owners and the players' union was struck at the 11th hour, allowing the season to begin. Some 7,000 miles away, Taiwan's baseball season is in its second week. But Taiwanese fans are also looking across the Pacific. It all started with Han Xinming in 1970s, but he only pitched for the minor leagues of the San Francisco Giants for a little while. But it's, he signified a start of Taiwanese baseball player go to the United States to play baseball. After that, more scouts will look to Taiwan to find baseball talents. While Chen Jingfeng, Cao Jinghui, and Guo Hongzi all got a taste of the big leagues, one pitcher in particular found success. In 2005, Wang Jianming also got promoted to the Yankees' big league club, big league level. And he started off very strong in, the, in 2006, 2007. He both won 19 games and even, you know, considered to be one of the competitors for the Cy Young Award, the highest honor of pitchers in the Major League Baseball. Brought pride and also brought a lot of happiness to people who cared about baseball in Taiwan. Baseball first came to Taiwan under Japanese colonial rule in the late 19th century. The sport was heavily promoted by the Japanese until they were replaced by the Kuomintang, or the KMT government, who didn't want people to play the sport. The reason is that uh, baseball is considered something that Japanese people brought to Taiwan. So national government didn't want to you know, promote things that were left by the Japanese. In spite of the KMT's attempts to stifle the sport, Baseball's popularity kept growing. In the late 1960s and 1970s, our team, our Little League team, uh, played very well in Williamsport, the American Little League Championship. And they got several titles during those times. All the people in Taiwan were attracted to baseball during that time because it was considered a very big honor and very big, something you can be proud of. Taiwan wins their fifth in a row. In fact, between 1969 and 1996, Taiwan's Little League team won 17 championships, more than any other country besides the United States. The latest World Baseball Softball Confederation listings, Taiwan baseball is ranked second in the world. Now that the Major League Baseball season has officially begun, fans in Taiwan are keeping a close eye on all of their fellow compatriots playing in the world's top baseball league. Those looking to become not just a household name for Taiwan, but for the whole world. Alex Chen and Bing Wong for Taiwan Plus. Thank you for watching Taiwan Plus News. I'm Ian Kavat. For more stories from Taiwan and around the world, please download the Taiwan Plus app. Stay safe and see you next time. Thanks for listening to Taiwan Plus on ICRT. For more great stories from Taiwan and around the world, visit TaiwanPlus.com.